we want our children to be free spirits, so we're careful to implement absolutely no boundaries with them. They can do whatever they want. And this strategy also helps us not have to put any actual effort into parenting. We don't punish our children. Mm. They don't like it. I don't either. And I don't either. The universe For... takes care of them. Yeah. We don't need to interfere. Completely. Yeah, I haven't had a, haven't had a conversation about myself in the last eight years. <laughs> George's uh, George's eight, and and since she was born, uh, it's really just been all about her. <laughs> we shame our children anytime they eat junk food outside the home. A severe amount of shame. Because we love them so much. I feel sad right now, knowing that Austin next year will not be in our bed because he <laughs> he turns fourteen. Liberating to be humble enough to know we're better at parenting than other parents. No judgment, just an observation. Hey, well, we are continuing on with our second segment of our series, Can't Touch This. And uh, we've been talking about marriage, and this morning we're talking about uh, raising kids, influencing kids. And uh, we all, no matter who we are, even if we're not parents, uh, we have the opportunity to influence kids. And uh, everyone has a different opinion how that all works. And uh, I can remember when Cindy and I, before we had kids, we had our opinion. Then when we had kids, that changed a lot. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, even just, uh, you know, kids around you, you have an opportunity to uh, make a difference in their lives. And so sometimes in society, when it comes to different ideas from raising children, everything from how to discipline them, all of that, it really seems to be silenced, and you have to kind of go along with the flow, and you can't have any extra ideas, even, even when you're um, talking about uh, your Christian friends. You know, there's kind of like this mold to do it, and uh, we're going to touch base on that and, and unpack it a little bit, and like I said earlier on, uh, uh, when it comes to uh, discipline, and we'll talk about that towards the end of the message, uh, but when it comes to discipline, we all have different views on that. I, I was one of those kids, and uh, those of you who know me, that uh, was spanked before breakfast, after breakfast, mid-morning, afternoon, and the reason why is because I got into everything, and uh, quite frankly, um, a good talking to wasn't going to really get my attention. I needed to have something a little bit more than that. And uh, Cindy was completely different. Uh, she'll tell you all her dad had to say was, Cynthia? And she'd just start crying because she wanted to please her dad. And uh, I just wanted to do what I wanted to do. So, uh, you know, different. I can remember that one time where I got spanked when I actually hadn't done anything wrong. And, and I thought that uh, I would have a, you know, little leverage over my father. And uh, he very quickly asked me, he said, Dave... Have you done anything this week where you should have been spanked? <laughs> uh, so I think you're still ahead, Dave. So he didn't, he didn't even flinch when, I, when he said that. So anyway, um, and when we go through these subjects, uh, just, a, just a reminder that sometimes this opens the door for you to uh, go a little farther, do a little more research, think it through a little bit more. Uh, sometimes you find that you and I spend more time trying to figure out our phone than we do some of these core things, items, areas for life. And uh, we have two great resources for you. We have a resource center right off the commons, and uh, it has all kinds of books. 
books and videos and things like that in there for you to look at and, and on almost any subject. And then we also have something called uh, Right Now Media. Uh, the instructions are in your program. If you come, if you have a friend who doesn't even come listening in the area, you can let them sign up on our account. Uh, the church pays for a subscription so that anyone can take advantage of this. This has, as you can see, has about 20,000 uh, different subjects, uh, everything on everything, basically, even has kids' videos if you're looking for something for your children to watch, and it's like a uh, Netflix. Uh, you can see the ways you can access it. So, uh, again, please uh, take advantage of that. Also, as we've gone through this series, uh, we've been talking about the option matrix, and this is just a little tool to help you think through all these items. I'm not going to go through all of this again. Uh, there's a, there's a, the sermon where we really unpack this is listed there, so you can go take a look at that. Uh, they're available out at the uh, guest services. They're also available online, and uh, we've been handing them out for a few weeks now, so we figured we wouldn't do that again. So again, that's all available uh, for you and uh, trying to figure out all these kinds of things, trying to have uh, these kinds of resources for you. I'm also, we're going to be uh, jumping into Mark in just a few moments, and there's a couple ways you can do that. Uh, online device, uh, version. We also have new Bibles in the racks there. You can see a different little different color. And uh, if you uh, need a pen for your message guide, uh, we've started keeping the pens out there because they were tearing up the covers. And so we needed to replace the Bibles, even though we didn't really need to replace the Bibles. So if you need a pen, they're out where you pick up your program and all of that. Uh, but we'd encourage you to download the free Bible app called Uversion. Uh, you can have access to almost any kind of translation you uh, prefer, and that's all available for you on your phone. And if you don't have a paper copy, you're new to the Bible, you want a paper copy, and you don't have like 30 of these in your car, please feel free to take that Bible as a gift. Same thing with a pen, take a couple pens, but if you've got like, if you're like a, a pen hoarder and you've got a hundred of these in your car, why don't you return them? So anyway, uh, you know what I'm saying. I, this sounds so cheap, but you get the idea, right? Well, we have a, we have a, a sensor we can tell. Oh, that one's got 50 in his car. No, just kidding. So anyway, we're going to look at uh, Mark chapter 10, where Jesus talks about the value of children and the perspective on that. And so we're going to try to unpack that and get some ideas about too hot to uh, handle, too hot to touch, can't touch this when it comes to our interaction with kids. And, and this may sound, uh, you know, I don't know what it may sound like, but uh, I don't really think kids have changed as much as we think they have changed. I think society and parenting has changed. So, so, and that may sound really harsh. You may not know my little delight, but I, I really think a lot of this is the way we've approached children in our lives has created some of this ripple effect. Not all of it, but, but some of it. You at least should ask those kinds of questions. So Mark chapter 10, verse 13, page 690 in that um, rack Bible you'll find right around you. So let's start. People were bringing little children, and these little children are up to age 12, so it's not like little babies. They were bringing them. There's also the idea they were leading them, so it wasn't like they were carrying these little children. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place their hands on them. Uh, there's three other of the first 
four books of the New Testament, the Gospels, uh, good news, uh, that include this story in Matthew 19, 13. It actually says he was bringing them to also pray for them, uh, but the disciples rebuked them. So the disciples are saying, hey, don't be bringing all these kids around here. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly, I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. It's very cool that uh, our baptism included a wide spectrum of age groups, kids, adults, and all of us at our age and where we're at can make a decision to follow Christ. The expression of that might be a little bit different, but it's wonderful, and Jesus knows that. Jesus knows the heart of a child and what, what happens uh, when they're, uh, you know, introduced to who Jesus is. And I remember I grew up in a Christian home, was very fortunate to grow up in a Christian home, and I can remember uh, thinking that everybody, everybody said yes to Jesus. So much so that when I would meet somebody new, I'd ask them about it. People would be like kind of blown. What's this kid going, you know, hey, so uh, are you a Christian? Have you, you know, and they would be like, who is this kid? You, you know, I would also say I'm Baptist, which then their eyebrows would go like, woo, you know. But anyway, uh, you, you know, but again, I just, I just, why wouldn't you want God a part of your life? Why wouldn't you want Jesus a part of your life? And so that's the blessing, depending on where you're at, age, and stage, you have the opportunity to create an environment, we'll talk about this in a few moments, where kids just think that's normal. You're not arm-twisting them. It's just a normal progression of life to say yes to Jesus. And so, um, anyway, so, and he took the children in his arms, placed his hands on them, and blessed them. So when we think of kids and we see this uh, with the disciples, uh, there is this idea of our perspectives, how we view kids, what we think about kids. And, and some of these are going to seem a little strong, but in the back of our mind, we may not articulate these ideas, but they show up in the, our perspective of children. We actually show, saw that in that opening video with the way they were trying to navigate that in perspective of kids. So, so some of this is behind the scenes. Uh, uh, most of us are, 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 are smart enough, we might never say this out loud, but we kind of think these kinds of things. And, and one of these perspectives in, involves the idea of just uh, being confused about kids, confused about, you know, how much value, where, where, where is that at? How do I, how do I interact with them? What, what's, what's their importance? And this was going on with the disciples. Uh, the disciples kept rebuking and scolding the people for doing it. Interesting. The people knew more about Jesus' role with children, that he valued that. He just dripped, I'm accessible to everyone, than his actual inner core did, than the twelve. And so they were like, don't bother him and rebuke him when um, uh, they, that this is strong. They, they didn't want to have anything to, to do with him. 
and, uh, or di- didn't want the kids. They just thought it was a, a bothersome. And again, as we look at this, we're really looking at a flavor of our attitude. It's not going to be super pronounced for most of us, but it's just a flavor. And uh, I, when I was thinking of flavors and I was thinking of all this kind of thing, I was thinking of, of course, food. I was thinking of pumpkin, or actually this is butternut uh, squash soup. And that's a little twirl of uh, sour cream. I actually uh, couldn't find one with the amount of sour cream I like on mine. But anyway, but uh, Cindy was making this the other day, and she put something like thyme in it, rosemary in it, maybe a little oregano in it, and I couldn't stand it. I, I just, it was everywhere. I was like, what if, th- this isn't the normal, uh, you know, uh, pumpkin uh, butternut squash soup, you know, and so, so it was just like a flavor in it, and then I couldn't, like, stop tasting it. So, as the loving, supporting wife she is, she added more butternut squash to it to spread it out, so I, I couldn't, in theory, taste it, and I just put another sp- spoonful and a half of uh, sour cream in it, but I just, that flavor was in everything. And so as we look at these ideas, as we look at these perspectives, these confusing things, these flavors can, can kind of like permeate uh, our thinking in, in, the way, in the way we look at it. Uh, first of all, is this the idea that uh, kids complicate life? And, and, and this is a truth, but it can slip into burden. And some of us, you know, we know we're not supposed to say this out loud again, we're not supposed to communicate this, but, but kids kind of bug us a little bit, or a lot, sometimes our own kids. They, they just, it just, it just, they're, they're a little bit of a nuisance. And in Jesus' day, this, this, was, a, this was the, the, the thought. Kids are, you know, not, just made barely even to be seen, but certainly not heard. So, you know, these parents, these people bringing their kids to Jesus, uh, just, just yeah, come on, Jesus doesn't have time for this. And Jesus very clearly says, welcome these kids, embrace these kids, uh, look at the blessing that these, these children are, and completely different flavor and thought to uh, Jesus' day. Um, you, you know, uh, children weren't, weren't valued, they, they, were, they were, you know, uh, you know, I talked about being disciplined, the, the kids were abused, on all kinds of levels. And even there's some letters in this day time from uh, Romans and a uh, Roman guy being out on uh, reserves, out be, you know, in the army and having a, a wife expecting. And in a couple letters, you can see this. Uh, Honey, uh, when, you're, when you finally give birth to our child, uh, and this, this is documented, uh, if it's a girl, expose it because they wanted a son. And what that means is just leave the child outside. And, and th- this, was, this was a part, not so much of the Jewish customs, but, but this was just out there. So this idea of valuing children uh, wasn't on, on the field. And, and you could say, oh, yeah, that's really horrible. But I, I know when my kids were little, it's going to sound very terrible, there were days that they were a hassle, especially on Tuesday night when Jag was on. 
and we didn't have like a VCR that would record it. There were no DVRs. We'd get the kids home. Uh, I, think, I think that was the night of a Awana or something. We'd get them home. They were very little, like four and five. And, and I, if I was in the mix when I was home, I had to put them to bed. See, I even said that. Had to put them to bed. I didn't have the privilege of putting them to bed. I had to put them to bed. And they were all in the same bedroom. And, you know, we did Bible stories. So whenever I needed to do a fast Bible story, it was always Noah. And, uh, you know, the rain came down. I'd shut the door to the bedroom and, you know, all this stuff, sing a couple songs, but when Jag was coming on, I was like in fast mode, blah, 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 you know, and I can remember doing the rain coming down, and we had a ceiling fan in the room, and it was on, and, and I stuck my hand up in the fan. Also, I'm like, my hand hurts. Boom, 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 boom really, you know, I'm just irritated with the kids. They complicated life, and now... I have to be honest with you, not every night, but there are, there are days where I, I miss those days. So what kind of flavor? And Jesus is saying, you know, to, to value them. And uh, then there's this other extreme, we saw a little bit of that in the video, that kids complete life. Not the case. Sometimes people that are having marriage problems, I'm sure this never happened to you, say the answer is to have another kid. That, you know, it takes the focus off as a distraction, and, and all of a sudden that just kind of kicks the marriage thing down the, down the road, the can down the road a couple, you know, years, but then it comes back to that. There's, there's actually that kind of thing. What do we need to do, uh, you know, that it completes life, uh, that we're to center our whole life around kids? And, and that's not accurate either. I, I shared a couple weeks ago that it really shocked my girls when I told them that I loved their mother more than I loved them. And then I said, yeah, because I'm going to be married to her like 20, 30 years if I live when you're out the door. I mean, this is, this is the relationship that counts. You're, you just complicated my life. No, I didn't say that. You just, you know, <laughs> might have thought it, but uh, anyway, you know, and um, you know, that's not, that's not the right response either. In Jesus' day, they didn't have to really worry about that. But in our day, you kind of see that happening a little bit. Life revolves totally around the kids. And sometimes it's the sad story. It catches a couple just totally unaware that all of a sudden the kids move out and they don't know their spouse because that's been their center of life. And so, some, there are some people out there, you know, and maybe you've been in that situation. I, I know we, we didn't have kids until we were married almost eight years. First five years, that was planned. Next three years, that wasn't planned. And we wanted kids, and we wanted kids. And, and it, was like, it was like, man, we, we, you know, we need these kids to, to complete our life. And, and that's just not true. It's just not true. You've heard me say this about others. It's Jesus who completes our life. Not even our spouse completes our life. One of the best things we can do when we're in a marriage relationship and we have kids, even I would say even when you're in a marriage relationship and, and you don't, and you don't uh, have kids yet, uh, is to present that you love your spouse. If you're married... Uh, the second most significant thing a father or mother can do for his or her children is to love their mother or father. I mean, to, so there's, there's no insecurity in that relationship. Now, world's not perfect. 
Marriages do fail for various reasons, but in an ideal world, that's what happens. I remember the first time my kids discovered that uh, not all marriages made it, and they, they wanted to ask us about that. Would, would Cindy and I uh, promise never to get a divorce? And, you know, I had to honestly say to them, I said, yeah, we, we, we hope that won't happen. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't going to say, uh, you know, we're invincible, we're bulletproof, if you will, but, but our goal, our intent, our everything, we're trying to make that never to be an issue you have to worry about. And they just kind of went, ah, and then went off and played with their Barbies. So, so you know, um, so, so important. Uh, we've looked at this uh, Proverbs passage, uh, Proverbs 5, 18 through 21. The last couple of weeks, you can uh, look at that on your own. Um, so this idea that uh, they complement life. They do, they do complement life. They are a joy. Children are a blessing and gift from the Lord. And we have to take that into account that a part of God's ordering our steps, ordering our lives, is the gift of these kids. And so we, so we take that. We say, wow, these are a gift from the Lord. And they don't complete life. Uh, they don't uh, complicate life in a negative way. Uh, they, they, they complement. And, and so, so, you know, trying to have that kind of um, attitude so, so the, clear present, the clear perspective on kids, again, when Jesus saw this going on, when he saw them being pushed to the side, uh, he was indignant, he was, he was upset, and he says, let these little children come to me, don't stop them, because God's kingdom belongs to people who are like these. It has to do with their hearts. Um... If, if, you, if you have, if, if children in your life have found you trustworthy, they will trust you. Uh, have you ever had a child uh, jump into the pool into your arms and they just, they just do it? Sometimes kids, you know, aren't even paying attention. Hey, daddy, and they're flying in the air and you're like, whoa, you know, and now you're trying to catch them, you know, on the corner of your eye, right? But, but they, if they find you trustworthy, they, they, they long to find you trustworthy. And so, likewise, when it comes to our faith as human beings, and we are children, when it comes to our faith, uh, we have to trust God. When we talked about baptism, placing our faith, saying yes to Christ, sometimes we talk about being born again, saved, all these different nuances of a word to say, placing my faith in God because Christ gave his life for me. He died on a cross and rose again, the symbolism of baptism. And so uh, the kingdom belongs to people who are like these children. It's not a, a blind, dumb faith kind of a thing, but it's still a faith. You place your trust, the weight of your life, in his hands, knowing that your life, this chapter, in the brokenness of the world, the next chapter, eternity, those chapters are in his hands. And you, and, you, and you sometimes, you know, you have to keep it in your heart. There are days you may not feel like it, so you don't rise and fall on your emotions. You know it. You place your trust in, in Christ. And, and Jesus is saying, this is the kind of attitude I'm looking for to those who uh, follow me. 
And uh, if you and I are thinking about the children in our life, a part of this process is to pass that kind of faith on to them. I remember there was a dear single mom in our church family back in South Portland, and uh, her marriage had broken up. It was, it, was, it was pretty horrible, and she had three kids, and, and, uh, and they were struggling with Thanksgiving, struggling with getting a turkey. And some, for some of us, that's hard to believe. They were having a hard time putting the money together to have a Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, she actually said, uh, and it, it you know, kind of breaks my heart to even say it, you know, uh, Dad isn't here so we, we, we have to trust our Heavenly Father. And what a joy when those kids found three turkeys on their front steps. God had come through for them. And that, that, that lesson stuck with them, stuck with them. So, so she was passing on the idea of faith, passing on the idea that, she, that God, her, their Heavenly Father, could be trusted. Jesus wants the little children to come to him. He wants us to create environments uh, where they can trust in Jesus. So our priority as a pastor or an influencer is to reposition a child's dependency away from us until it rests exclusively on Jesus. And that's hard for some of us. Some of us like our kids looking to just us. I like it when one of my daughters calls me with a question, with an idea. And, and there was a time where sometimes it would bother me a little, you know, like I'm busy and uh, even, even when they, you know, were out of the house, if you will, and, and they, would, they would call and there was a I go, I should be happy that they're still reaching out to their old man for advice. I need to embrace that. I need, to, I need to celebrate that. I know when Sarah, our oldest twin, got married, and now she likes Joe, her husband, better than me. That's kind of stinks. I mean, you know, I'm supposed to be the one guy in her life. You know, he's just kind of like an auxiliary. You know, what, you know, what's him? But, you know, and now he has a son, so now I'm like number three, uh, you know, and my father's hard to compete with, so Grandpa is like, I, I don't know. Anyway... Actually, it's wonderful. It's wonderful that that dependency, and that you may say that's derogatory, but no, that 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 partnership, that that closeness, has been transferred to her husband. I love watching them interact. It brings joy to my heart. Well, the same thing on a larger scale is supposed to happen as we parent, as we influence kids, that they realize they should trust in their heavenly Father. I love the way Eugene Peterson renders uh, the second part of Ephesians 6, 4, that little verse that says, you know, don't be hard on your kids, don't exasperate your kids, don't make your kids angry. And then he says this, he says, Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Referring to Jesus. That's that process. So we take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. As we're going in the way of the master too. We're not leading them to some place we're not going. We're walking side by side with them. 
I remember when I was a little boy and I would sit in church and we had hard pews and I hated the hard pews and I'd squirm as you could imagine. Uh, I don't think they spanked me in the middle of church, but they could give me the look that I was going to get it when I was going to get home, rightfully so. And uh, I just remember there were times where my dad would just hold my hand in the service. And I was thinking about that when I was thinking about this verse. That was pretty cool. You just, just hold my hand. You know, when I was 18, it wasn't a good thing, but, uh, you know, but <laughs> when I was young, it was, and it just, and, and that, 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 it's funny, you, you have these memories that conjured up some good memories in my heart and my soul that my dad held my hand, leading me literally in the way of the master. Now, this next verse refers to um, John the Baptist transferring uh, his leadership of the movement of being baptized and repentance and all this all over to Jesus. But I think some of the words in there can symbolize the transference of our leadership in the kids we influence in our lives over to, to Jesus. Jesus must become more important in prominence while I become less important. He moves into the center while I slip off to the sidelines. Isn't that, isn't that beautiful? Wouldn't that be wonderful to, to see that happen with the kids that you influence? That, that all of a sudden you're not the strength and pillar in their life. It really is Jesus. And so we create environments the best we can so it's easy for our children that we influence, our personal children, our nieces and nephews, our grandchildren, wherever, to do this process. I can remember in church, Mr. Blanton, Mr. Henderson, Mr. Bentley, I remember Mr. Henderson, uh, significant uh, GM executive. He would fly out to Detroit back and forth. They never had kids. But on Sunday morning, and he took me on uh, up to his cabin and with a couple of other men, we would go. He, 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 he built into my life, not as a parent, but just as a guy at church. And, and I value that. I think I've mentioned before, a number of years ago, I was trying to get a hold of him, and I actually never actually connected with him, but I remember leaving a message on his answering machine, and I hope he got it, just telling him, this is Dave Spencer, that little kid that you invested in. You made a difference in my life. Thank you. All of us probably have somebody like that in our list. I'd encourage you to, to, to somehow send a message to them. But this idea of the influencers in our life, beginning with our parents, slide off so Jesus becomes the center. As our kids are growing, this isn't in your, in your uh, notes, but as, you're, as they're growing, there's the discipline years, the training years, the coaching years, the friend years. And I remember when I, when I was coming into uh, my 40s, I said... What do I want? Where do I want my relationship to be with my three daughters? And I said, I hope that as we get older, they're actually our friends and want to hang out with us. 
And so far, they pretend like they like to hang out with us. <laughs> but I could see this. And so we, we try to hope for that. I, I remember, you know, I joke about being spanked. And, and some of you had parents that, and people that were oppressive. And I'm not making a joke of that by any means. That's different. But uh, I remember being in that coaching years, and I think I said this maybe two weeks ago, and uh, uh, getting grounded because I wasn't, I got my progress report from high school, and there was no progress. And so my dad being a school teacher made it worse. I feel for you kids that your parents have access to your grades on computers, like, oh, how did Johnny do on that test today? I, I, I'm sorry if I had done that. I would still be grounded today. But anyway, I can remember begging my dad to spank me for an hour. Just don't ground me for two weeks. And he said, aha, <laughs> this is why we do this. It's not about punishing you per se. It's about discipling you. So this is doing what it's supposed to be doing. We want you not to be happy about this so your behavior uh, changes. Perspective. A clear perspective from grown kids. First you think about your grown kids or hopefully someday your kids will grow, those you influence too. But this is for those of us who are Christ followers. A clear perspective for grown kids. If Jesus, if God is your heavenly father, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, your master, if the Holy Spirit is a part of your life, you and I should function a certain way. Um, our kids should see a growing relationship in us. It's wonderful that long, long ago, he that is God decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. What a pleasure he took in planning this. History unfolds in the fullness of time we read about the coming of the Savior. What a pleasure he took in making a way so that you and I could be his children and we should be rejoicing about that. You saw that in those that uh, were baptized this morning. They're saying, yes, God is my heavenly father. Jesus is my savior. His spirit comes and, you know, we talk about asking Jesus into my heart. God comes and lives within us and, and guides us and prompts us and reminds us we are not alone. So with all of that, our parenting or influencing should disciple a child in ways that make following Jesus attractive. Some of you are giving church a second chance, second opportunity, because the adults in your life that said they were Christ followers did not make Jesus attractive. And I apologize for that. Uh, forgive as a representative of church for those adults that demonstrated a hypocrisy on a little level or on a huge level. Uh, 
I, I am sorry for that. I'm sorry you've got to come over, uh, overcome that. There are folks that sometimes I meet when they're in their 30s and 40s, and all of a sudden, now they're into following Jesus. And you can't blame somebody else, but it contributed to their environment. Jesus wasn't attractive to them. Actually, Jesus was repulsive to them. They didn't want to have anything to do. Sometimes you hear, oh, I, I love, I, I have a good idea about Jesus. It's just the people that follow him or supposedly follow him. That's the people I have problems with. So you even see this with the disciples. They, they were trying to isolate Jesus from the children, not bring, not walk, not lead the children to Jesus. In some ways, it's more important. I, I, you know, that verse, that reference to Matthew in thinking of Jesus praying for these children, praying over them. I, I wonder who these kids turned out to be. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if you could tell the rest of the story? Ten years later, you know... It wasn't Johnny and Susie. I just used, you know, they, they're, wow, they're, they're, they're on fire for the Lord, and they're pointing to Jesus with their lives, and they're a force to be reckoned with, an answer to that prayer, um, attractive to following Christ. Uh, this verse is a verse sometimes I struggle with because I, I, I don't feel comfortable um, um, reciting it or owning it, but... There's a point where we as Christ followers should own this. Live your life in a way that glorifies and honors God. Uh, so people recognize God in your life. Glorify, recognize God, and honors God. I want you to pattern your lives after me. Paul's writing this, just as I patterned mine after Christ. This isn't to make you feel guilty. It's to inspire you to the opportunity before you. Could those around you say, I will pattern my life after you, Dave, as you have patterned your life after Christ? And if, if, if you're not moving in that direction, what needs to be adjusted? What, what could be changed so that you could actually say, not with a smirk, not with sarcasm, not out of hypocrisy, but with, with some humility, some genuineness and truth, pattern your life after me as I pattern my life after Christ. Real quickly, some takeaway thoughts. Do I believe that my kids or the kids I influence are not mine, but rather a gift from God entrusted to me. If you really believe that, it will radically affect the way you influence the kids entrusted to you. Am I partnering with God to enable my kids to become who He intends them to be? Not who I want them to be, I'll be honest with you, one time one of my girls was thinking about doing some kind of uh, missionary work on something, 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 uh, you know, with her nursing degree, and I was like, mm, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Am I dangerous over there? You won't make that much money. I <laughs> just don't like that. How are you going to support yourself? I'm, you know, all that kind of, I want to be done with support. No, just kidding. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, and, and, and I had to come to terms with that. 
And then when one changed their nursing position so they work for a nonprofit a lot of the time, I, 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 was, I, I actually had to, I need to send a message to that daughter that I'm embracing and really good with this. I celebrate that. So as a good dad of, uh, you know, the 2020s, I texted her this message and just said how proud I was of her, and I thought this was awesome, and, 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 I, and I really meant it. You know, do you let God, you, you know, you're, you're, you're complimenting what God wants to do in this child's life that you're an influencer of. You're, you're not the God. You're not the Holy Spirit. Do they know how delighted and excited I am about them? Do they feel like I'm on their side? Do your kids feel like you're on their side? Not that they're the center of your world, but you're on their side. Every once in a while, I walk through a little bit of a part of someone's journey who is trying to overcome the fact that they never felt their parents were the one influencing it. Maybe it was even a teacher was on their side. Uh, don't be like that. Am I living, growing in my relationship with Christ so that my kids have an example to follow? Talked about that. Am I pointing my kids to obedience and providing corrective guidance and dis discipline that is both firm and fair? Firm and fair. When you correct, do you correct more for attitude than actions? That changes it, doesn't it? I can remember when I was a kid, when I had a little bit of an attitude, the correction was different. When it was just me being a kid, the correction was different. Attitude, which means you need to know those kids that uh, you're influencing. You know, don't correct in anger. You know this stuff. Would your kids say you correct in anger? One time, uh, Mariah said, Dad, you always yell at me. And then I had to say, actually, Mariah, I don't really yell at you. I'm just being firm with you. And I really was. But the way she was wired, she took firmness as yelling. Made, actually made me at first want to yell at her. That was really mature. You want to see what yelling really is? <laughs> this is yelling. That's just firmness. But then I, then I changed my tact because I didn't want her to feel that. It wasn't whether I was yelling or not. I did not want her to feel like I was coming down hard on her. Um, the idea of correcting sensibly, timely, and just equitably, you know, the, 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 the time, you know, needs to fit the crime. Sometimes you've had it and then all the things you didn't correct over get lumped into one punishment, just totally mixed up. Bottom line is like this, the loving the way Jesus loves kids, we see that in that story, is loving the way he loves you. So if you look at God being your heavenly father, then you love, you've experienced that, you're experiencing that, and you pass that on to your children. So I want you to think about these couple things real quick, and we're going to wrap up. In just a few moments, um, we're going to be praying 
and uh, there'll be a uh, Bill and Donna Lewis are going to be down front, and they're available for you to talk with, to pray with. So if something's heavy on your heart, please take advantage of that, that opportunity. Also, if you're thinking about what it really means to follow Christ uh, in the little pockets out in the commons, you'll find a little book that looks like this. It says, How Good is Good Enough? Our read, 70 pages, can talk to you about this. Then there's a little pamphlet called Knowing God Personally that just walks you through what it means to know God personally like these four talked about in baptism. I encourage you to take advantage of that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just uh, thank you that you care for us as a good father cares for his children. Some of us need to hold on. Some of us need to rework what a good father, a good parent really is. Help us not to allow that to be an obstacle. And then I ask for the person that's never said yes to you, that they really would wrestle with that, what that means for you, that this would be the day where they say yes to you and decide to follow you and begin their walk with you. And then, Father, those of us who are influencers, those of us who are parents, help us to live and grow into such a way that our kids can actually follow the way we embrace you. We ask all of this in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Well, I'm certainly glad I'm not a parent. (laughs) Uh, Hopefully... um Something was said today in one of the videos or through Dave really spoke to your heart. And like he said, if you need to talk to somebody, Bill and Donna are certainly available. They would love to pray with you. Um, Guest services available if you have any questions. If you're viewing online, that pamphlet, Knowing God Personally, is right there on our website, scc.website. And uh, if you're visiting with us today because you're here for the baptisms, you know, that is a gift to us enough. Please don't feel obligated to give anything else. Uh, if you do feel led to give, we have online giving, the boxes are around the building, or there's mail-in, and despite what Dave said, if you need a pen or a Bible, we are honored to give that to you. Feel free to take it, leave it at the bank, spread, spread that word everywhere, because we are a church for the community, and if, if they're looking for a place that they can come, feel welcome and find Jesus, that pen is certainly worth it to us. So... In honor of the celebratory service we had today, uh, Bill, will you give us a big Yahoo? Thank you and have a good day.